Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to poker tournament strategy. Now here's your host, Clayton Fletcher. Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. I'm your host, Clayton Fletcher, still on lockdown here in New York City. I uh, want to thank you guys for all of the tweets and the comments and the suggestions and the love, uh, especially for our last episode with the great Elliot Rowe, who was just such an amazing interview and really gave me a lot to think about, not only with whether I should cross the river into New Jersey and start playing online, <laughs> but also... Uh, just, you know, about mindset and about trying to maintain a positive attitude towards this whole thing, which doesn't look like it's going to be ending anytime soon. So I want to thank you guys for all the interaction and always tweet me at Clayton Comic. I read each and every one and, and appreciate it so much. Uh, I have another incredible guest for you this week. She's actually a second time guest. She was on with us all the way back in December of 2018. Uh, she's a poker playing friend of mine. She's someone that uh, I've always looked up to and respected. She's a former chess champion, the founder of USA Chess. She's also a sponsored pro on Party Poker US and Borgata Poker. Please welcome back to the podcast my friend Katie Stone. Hi, Clayton. How are you? Thank you for having me back again. It's so good to hear your voice. How's everything going? Everything is okay. We are also on lockdown, self-quarantine, um, and we've been here uh, going on a month. So, But, you know, being online players, it's not really too big of a difference for us. So You're we, used to being home a lot. <laughs> we are. We are used to being home, and, you know, the, the last few months for us were kind of transient anyway because we, you know, Je- December we were in Vegas, and then... January, we were back in New Jersey for the WPT at Borgata, which was just, you know, for, for two two parents that play, you know, poker full time. Uh, when the WPT comes to town, it's just a very, very busy month. And it's our it's one of our arguably, you know, busier than like a World Series of poker month for us. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and there's always like really good online stuff going on. And then in February, we were in Houston um, taking care of my mom. And so it's just been a very, very, you know, crazy time. And then we came back and then we just kind of hunkered down right away and, and, you know, got a bunch of supplies. And, and so we've been inside. So, yeah. yeah so you are married to another, uh, well-known poker player. You guys are kind of a power couple, aren't you? Uh, I mean, we've just both been playing for a long time. Um, yeah, my husband, Joe Capuccio, he's been also primarily uh, online player for a really long time. And um, yeah, we both uh, both mostly grind online. Before this, uh, we weren't playing that much live. I had actually planned on trying to play a bit more live stuff for 2020. And <laughs> uh, it's, it's just kind of funny how things work out. Um <laughs> Yeah. And so, so yeah, so we'll see. I mean, you know, I, poker's always going to be there. I'm not, uh, I'm not really, I, I can't say that I'm discouraged because I would just kind of feel bad about saying I'm discouraged about not being able to play live poker right now with what's going on. It just feels a little bit weird. Um, I'm just thankful that, 
we are all, you know, safe for now and healthy for now and hopefully will continue to be that way, you know, so. Yeah, and I wish the same for everyone who's listening. Like, I know a lot of us are upset that we can't go out and play live poker. And, you know, obviously there's a, a, a very serious doubt as to whether the World Series of Poker will even happen this summer. Um, but, you know, obviously the most important thing for all of us is is your health and the health of those that you love. So, you know, I, I think my conversation, I don't know if you had a chance to hear it. I'm sure you're too busy, Katie, but we talked with Elliot Rowe last week, and he really put a lot of things into uh, perspective for me and I think for a lot of our listeners, just trying to see the bright side and maintain a positive attitude and try to look every kind of setback, if you will, as an opportunity. And so that kind of leads me to my next question. Uh, how has the coronavirus uh, presented an opportunity for online poker players in New Jersey? Well, everybody's home. So <laughs> online, I mean, yeah, online poker numbers have been huge to say the least. Um, you know, even though party poker and Borgata and MGM are just in New Jersey uh, and then poker stars and Jay is just New Jersey. And then WSOP is Nevada and New Jersey. Um, even still though, man, it's just been kind of crazy. Like WSOP just is like, they finish one series and then like 16 hours later, they like announce another surprise series. And then like that series ends. And then like, you know, a few hours after that one ends and it's like, Oh, but you know, surprise, surprise, here's another series, you know? And like, that's, we're like on our third series right now, just like back to back to back series and stars has a series coming up too. And then, um, party poker has a series coming up. So April is just going to be, uh, you know, just nonstop where all, all three sites are running series at the same time. Um, and that's because the numbers weren't, you know, everything is crushing the guarantees. Everything is getting, like the normal nightly stuff is getting between two and three X times the normal, you know, uh, you know, registrants and, and reentries, et cetera. Um, some of the sites have kind of amped up the schedules. Uh, some of the sites have just increased the guarantees. Everybody's made changes though. All three of the sites have made changes to their schedules, uh, and have added to the schedules, uh, to so try on to meet the demand, the demand. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. if I heard you correctly, you're saying that, uh, the the number of people playing in these tournaments has increased by two or three hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah, yeah, wow. it's pretty insane. Yeah, yeah. And you know, a lot of these, obviously, a lot of these screen names are are new screen names too. So it's uh, it's people that either um, you know know how to play poker and they just hadn't played before because they were you know too busy and just didn't have the time. Um, or it's, you know, like just completely new people that are just kind of bored and, and they're kind of looking at it as, as maybe a little bit similar to, you know, like roulette or slots. And, you know, and based on some of the hand histories that, uh, we've been encountering these days, I think that theory is pretty solid because you <laughs> see lots of, lots of hundred big blind call offs with hands like queen six of hearts and stuff. So, wow. you know. Well, it's fun. It's yeah. been fun. Well, but that it's definitely... also it's also increasing, you know, the uh, the variance as well quite a bit. Oh, so for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That does uh, support the uh, theory that Elliot Rowe uh, <laughs> put forth last week when he oh, okay. suggested to me I should get to New Jersey 
by any means necessary, you know, have to <laughs> swim right across the Hudson River, which I mentioned I can see from my living room. So that's how close to New Jersey I am. I can see New Jersey out my window. Uh, and I'm jealous of you and everyone else who's over there playing um, in these juicy games when I'm stuck in New York City. Uh, I, I do have to stay here for a little while longer, though, just because of, um, you know, the quarantine. I want to try to, you know, do the right thing for everybody. Even though I'm dying to get over there, I'm going to wait until I have, you know, three or four weeks with no symptoms. And I do have a cousin that lives across the river, so I'll probably be crashing in his place <laughs> in the yeah, month I mean, of April. If, if you can get if you can get down here for April, you'll have a good time because there's so much going on. And it's nice too, you know, not to tout, uh, you know, party or whatever, but but all the three sites have been very receptive to what's been going on, and so they've been listening to what the players want, and the players have really been asking for more and more and more, and everyone is listening. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of cool that, that that's able to happen. And the turnaround is pretty fast. Great. Yeah. So I guess they're going to have more and more and more for the <laughs> foreseeable future. Um, so let me ask you this. I wanted to get into something because, you know, as I follow you on Twitter at Katie Stone Poker, and you started a, a pretty interesting discussion about GPI uh, one thing that you said, and I want to know why you feel this way, poker needs GPI to survive. Uh, why is that? Why is the global poker index so important, and why do we need it to survive, even though it's going to be hard to do without live poker? Well, I think that, um, you know, there's we don't have the luxury in poker of tons of outside companies or brands or services or personalities, you know, that come to us and embrace poker and, you know, want to be a part of it to help it grow or help it, ex you know, expand or, or, or whatever, help promote it. Um, so a lot of, you know, what does, uh, what, what is born from that effort comes from, you know, in internally, you know, inside the poker industry. And, you know, sometimes those efforts can have trouble succeeding because they are an internal effort and, and it's tough to get uh, outward acceptance, uh, if, if you kind of understand what I'm saying. So, um, you know, we have to be kind of like really grateful, I think, in poker, especially in times like these, for these types of efforts within poker because the GPI exists, uh, you know, they've been, they've existed for a while, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's a huge service to poker. I mean, I mean, just like, just like these other sites, like pocket fives is a huge, huge service to poker, the world poker tour, huge service to poker, like poker needs these kinds of organizations to promote the game to an, a worldwide international audience uh, and ha something that can appeal to all the different kinds of audiences. So like the really good players and then the serious amateurs and then the players that are just beginning and the players that have no, no idea about poker. Um, and so I just think that, uh, you know, we just have to be very mindful of how everyone is going to survive and how everybody can kind of work together to ensure that everybody survives because um, we really do need 
everyone to survive and continue to grow. And I think that what the GPI is doing for poker is fantastic. I think that what um, the World Poker Tour is doing for poker is fantastic. I think that what Pocket Fives is doing for poker is fantastic. Um, two plus two, obviously, has always been there and done wonderful things for poker. And I just think it's important that we continue to support and encourage these organizations. And so that is why I offered uh, the idea to, you know, possibly during this lull in live poker, you know, to possibly start incorporating uh, online results into the GPI rankings. Why do you think there's pushback from some players? Uh, maybe they want to stay anonymous or they don't want to have their results published. I know that in the case of Pocket Fives, there was uh, a tendency for players to opt out of being included on the Pocket Fives database. Like they wanted to make all the money, but they kind of didn't want it to be there in black and white? Are they trying to avoid paying taxes or what's going on there? Well, I think there's a lot of things. I think that everything you've said is, is right. Um, a lot of players do want to remain anonymous. Um, however, and, and, and there are definitely, you know, tax issues and, and uh, you know, other, um, you know, economic issues surrounding, you know, online gaming, online gambling, whatever. But the thing is, is that, you know, like, yeah, like anonymity is fine. If you don't want to opt in, don't opt in. Like, I understand that um, players have to opt in on pocket fives and a lot of players don't opt in on pocket fives. I don't see the problem with giving them the choice to opt in. So if GPI were to be able to give players the choice to opt into an online ranking, you know, then then the argument is, well, it's not. Uh, it's it's not an accurate ranking because not everybody is opting in. Well, it's extremely inaccurate now, you know, so this is only helping it become less inaccurate, you know, by providing <laughs> more information. So, like, the pushback to me is um, a little bit kind of on the small scale of the greater good, which is if you're able to, you know, not just, you know, incorporate online rankings, but you know, if you're able or results into the rankings, but if you're able to create additional forms of rankings, so maybe, you know, create something that is, um, you know, by field size or by buy-in range, you know, and create different lists for these kinds of things. And that way you are kind of opening up um, you know, kind of the ability for people to set goals, people who wouldn't otherwise be in the running for anything like that. But now you're giving, you know, a whole different group of people that are only able to play, let's say, you know, buy-ins up to $600 or something, you know, or people who are only able to play buy-ins up to $1,000 or $1,100. Um, you know, you're giving these people something to really strive for. And I think that that's really good for poker. And I think that GPI is the kind of organization that could do something like that. And by doing that, you are also just introducing poker to a whole different, you know, new group of, of poker players as well. And like, how is that bad? How could that be bad if we, if, 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 you know, the poker industry is exposed to a bunch of new faces and new personalities uh, that poker will continually need if we want it to continue to grow. Well, you know, I don't really see a downside to any of it. But then again, I have to remember that I'm speaking as an entertainment professional. You know, I'm a comedian, so I, I've never wanted 
anonymity. <laughs> it's not really conducive to my career. So I, I think anything that, that gets our names out there and that, and that, you know, creates stars or, you know, people that other people want to watch, you know, in the way that Twitch does. I think it would be great, though, if GPI or World Series of Poker Player of the Year or any of these kind of ranking uh, systems would also include how much the players spent. Um, yeah, and, and nobody wants that. I understand why they don't want that, but it would be great to just be based more on ROI rather than how many cashes, you know, because if I spent $10 million to get 5 million in cashes and I win the GPI, yeah, <laughs> you know, but I, I understand why players don't want that to be included because nobody wants to be that honest about, and it would be bad news for the game because we'd realize how many of our superheroes are actually losing. Um, but it would be more fair if they had like an actual ROI rather than than that. But also, I think there should be a prize. You know, like what's the big deal? You win the GPI one year. You know, there should be, I don't know, a, a trophy or uh, I don't know, a, a Toyota, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and and that's kind of also the point. Like, it's not really about trying to find like new like superstars or whatever. It's it's just about finding new people like new people that um you know are 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 just like normal people who are able to you know work a regular job or you know have a a traditional career or whatever and still you know shoot for something like this you know so it's just enabling uh these people to do that and i think that something like that would just be extremely valuable for for everybody agreed Agreed. So I wanted to follow up. It's been a long time, but the last time you were um, on the podcast, we talked a little bit about the Big Blind Ante, which, if you remember, was kind of new back then. And we got into a discussion about how you felt at the time that they should reduce the size of the Big Blind Ante, uh, either when players get into the money or at least at the final table when tables become shorter and shorter. Um I wanted to just follow up on that. Do you still feel that way? And are you seeing uh, any of that happening either online or live? I don't feel that way anymore. Um, And here's why. I learned more about the overall structure. I talked to uh, more people about the structure. And I realized uh, that that was not something that was – necessary or really was even an adjustment that needed to be made. Um, and this is part of the challenge. And I, and I, and this, this situation in particular just really kind of helped me understand how challenging it is for tournament directors to juggle every single aspect needed in getting a tournament to run, you know, like starting a tournament from the creation of a live poker tournament from start to finish is, it's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous because they, you almost <laughs> like, you almost like start from like when it's going to finish, you know, it's so like you start from the end and you work backwards almost. And, um, just as I, you know, as I was able to understand better, um, I talked to Matt Savage a lot about it. Um, I also talked to, uh, one of, one of our other, um, sponsored pros with Borgata, Dan Buzgon. He helped, explain a lot more of this stuff to me. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, um, 
the challenge is get is is conveying the information correctly to the players and getting everybody to understand and that's difficult when you have people that don't play that much and then things change and then they kind of feel like a negative result from it and and then they kind of leave with a bad taste in their mouth and then you don't know the next time they're going to come back to where they can you know try to have a good time so that's kind of the part that's tough um, but yeah, but no, I am not on, uh, I am not on, uh, team reduce anymore. Well, that's cool that you are able to look at things critically and change your mind. Of course, if you were a politician, we would say <laughs> that you're a flip flopper and <laughs> you used to feel a certain way and now you feel another way. But uh, I think it's very normal for rational human beings to change their mind about things. But I did want to follow up with that because we did have a pretty lively discussion about it. Um, way back when, of course, that was when the big blind ante was not the norm as it as it very much is today, at least in the live realm. Although you still do see quite a bit of each player antes online, and I think that's just because it's so much easier. You don't have to worry about actually physically doing it. The computer does it for you. Okay, well, I know that everybody wants to uh, hear about some of these hands, and I know you said that you had some hands you could, you could bring up um, that you've been playing... Uh, online that will kind of demonstrate how the games have been uh, changing. <laughs> yeah. Say? Well, it's just kind of some general, it, you, you really just kind of can almost picture what you would see. So it's, uh, and, and what, what, I, like I said, this has kind of just been encouraging, uh, you know, it's been encouraging the prize pools and it's, it's been encouraging the variants that I've had the swings that I've had this, uh, this past March were quite substantial um, and that's definitely due to the increased traffic and the increased amount of reentries, et cetera. But, but yeah, like I mentioned, just very, like very often, uh, you know, like situations where, I mean, there was a hand yesterday where, or not yesterday, two days ago where, uh, like, I think like I opened under the gun next to act called, uh, next to act three bet and then like there was like a massive like shove from the small blind or or there was like a yeah and then like I called and it was just like and and the hands that end up um you know kind of like reshoving here are just not really hands that you would expect to see so <laughs> and um or or just situations that are even just very very basic you know like uh just calling off with uh you know, just very suspect, you know, king four offsuit kind of hands for, you know, 75 plus big blinds, um, you know, even like late position versus big blind, you know, I guess the late position, he feels like he's got a king, you know, and he just feels like he's got the world. So he's just going to go with it, man, you know, like, yeah, well, king's the second highest card. So. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> valuable, valuable piece of the deck right there. So, um, that's kind of how it's been. It's, it's kind of like, you know, buckle up and, and, and let's go. And, you know, the, the 10k on Borgata is routinely a 25k now and um the uh the, the tournaments on wsop have been impressive they they've been they've been good about adding tournaments and they've they've also uh, been good about adjusting the structure a little bit they they did some payout structure adjustments and so that was good um yeah so and so yeah things are things are fun and we just had a, a big we in Borgata, we just had a, a big tournament online we had a 320 
um, 250k guarantee that that crushed the guarantee and got over 300k. We just had that a couple of days ago, and that was just in New Jersey. We didn't even have the luxury of having Nevada and New Jersey, so we got a 300k prize pool on a $320 tournament a few days ago. Um, and so that kind of tells you, you know, where things are going with yeah, online poker impressive. here. Impressive, impressive, big Im- numbers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very good numbers, yeah. yeah. Well, what I'd like to do, if you could, is um, maybe talk us through a little bit about how you're adjusting your strategies, if at all, um, based on this influx of, let's say, wilder, looser players. And then uh, if you could speak generally about that, and then possibly, if you wouldn't mind, maybe we can actually go over um, the specifics of a hand that you played, um, incorporating those different strategies. I mean, essentially, you know, what's been happening. I mean, I haven't really adjusted anything that um, that I'm doing as far as like fundamentally. I'm I'm still, you know, like if the if the situation warrants, I'm still putting my money in the middle. I'm not, you know, being conservative in any way, and I'm and I'm not also. Um, you know, going nuts either just because these are new players with, you know, seemingly new money that seemingly um, are new to the game. That's not always the case. Um, so because there are so many new screen names, uh, you know, you do want to make sure that you um, try to keep track of who everybody is. I actually just uh, had a lady, we have a, I started a disc discord chat for um like the poker people in the you know who've been laid off and are looking for work and stuff and um and so a lot of people have been joining from around the world and just kind of like posting like random random like jobs that they hear of or gigs that you know and so a couple of poker players have actually chimed in and offered some uh just like some office work and stuff and so i did the same i had um i i posted I you know had a job just a day job for entering data for the uh because the World Series of Poker they list the um the names of the the people who cash and all their circuit events on the website and then they keep the lobbies up in the client for like a few weeks but then they go away and that's the only chance you have to cross reference those names to see who the real players are um you know with the screen names and so I had um somebody you know, she spent like, I think she's like nine and a half hours doing just this most recent circuit. Um, but it was worth it for me because it's like, you know, I need to know who all of these new screen names are, you know, it's just like an, <laughs> an influx of names, you know, and just, and it's kind of important, uh, especially when like, you know, if the person that you're playing against, it's a new name. And then, you know, you look on your, on your, you know, G sheet and you're like, Oh, that's it's a good thing. I know who that person is, you know? So, um, so yeah, that's one thing that, that, that I've done to adjust is I've, uh, as I hired a lady and then, I, and there's a, there's another series coming up too. There's another couple series. So I told her I'd probably have another job for her, um, in a couple weeks as well. So, um, and I've also like, you know, I've just been like, we've had to, um, we have a four and a half year old son and he's not in preschool anymore because they're closed. And so, um, we've kind of had to really kind of not plan our day, but just, uh, understand that, you know, work needs to get done during the day. And so that requires, you know, one of us to keep him occupied downstairs. Well, why can't he just, uh, do the research and figure out who these players are for you? (laughs) Put him to work. (laughs) I started test lessons with him and he's picking it up, uh, alarmingly fast. Oh, well, it's (laughs) no surprise. I'm going to run out of things to teach him pretty soon. It's no surprise. I mean, he's obviously inherited... Uh, you know, your brain and Joe's brain. So he's, 
Yeah. He's probably he's, no dummy. <laughs> he's eager. He's eager, too. Genius or not, uh, he can't really help with this. So <laughs> I can see where that would be a challenge. But you guys have to be making sure that you're getting uh, access to these juicy games, right? Yeah, it's tough. Um, but what's nice, though, is that uh, he's kind of settled into a nice schedule now where he doesn't nap during the day and he goes to sleep a little bit earlier. So that's been enabling us to both play. And, um, you know, one of us just late regs around 830 so it's been pretty it's it's been pretty nice that that's actually happened so let's hear about one of these uh you know like wild roller coaster rides yeah so um so this hand uh was from a actually a poker stars tournament on sunday um and this is just like a it's it's just an example of uh you know i don't know just a very substantial lack of understanding of uh poker or just a pure willingness to gamble it up <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um but but um i open a hand about uh 24 big blinds effective under the gun with ace king offsuit uh next to act who who almost covers me folds the next to act has uh just under 10 big blinds and calls <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's folded around to the big blind who has, um, about 22 big blinds, um, and they shove. And so I obviously call. And so here's, what's really cool. What happens? So the uh, initial flatter folds, um, and the big blind shows up with eight, nine offsuit. <laughs> okay. So, and so this is just a very good example of lots of really cool things going on here. Um, you know, deep in a tournament on Sunday. Uh, and wow. Yeah, this so, is yeah, the kinds you, of things we're playing. Yeah. Now you're obviously going to call that with uh, ace king off, but let yes. me ask you, what's the worst hand you would call with? Um, oh, let's see. Um, I'm probably not folding any pairs over. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Maybe I, w I would probably call like sixes and above. Um, and as far as, um, yeah, maybe fives probably. Yeah, fives probably gets in there. And then as far as my other hands, um, yeah, I mean, ace-jack suited plus, yeah. And, yeah, ace-queen off, ace-king off, yeah. You throwing away king-queen then? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. 20 big blinds, 20, 22 big blinds, I mean, especially, especially with the fact that the call of my open should be very scary on a sub <laughs> sub 10 big blind stack. So like, even though I have that stack covered and the big blind has that stack covered, that stack should still contain some amount of like decent size amount of equity, right? Like in, in, in the current hand that's about to take place, you know? So like we do have to think about what that flatting range is. Um, however, you know, when this, I mean, when this shove, you know, happens, you're just, you know, it's, you're not folding ace-king, obviously. So Now, while you're playing, do you take lots of notes on your opponents? Like, would you make a note, oh, yeah, this is the guy who put in 22 bigs with 9-8 in that other tournament? Do you have time to do that? Or are you playing so many tables that you don't have time to take notes on everybody? 
I absolutely take notes. Uh, I don't play as many tables. Uh, I play, I try to keep it to about six tables. Uh, I used to play a lot more tables when I was younger and dumber. Uh, but I definitely keep my tables to like six or seven at the max. Um, also the, the, the tournaments I'm playing are, um, a lot higher, you know, they are all, you know, a lot higher buy-ins than I used to play too. So, um, each table is just going to be a lot more important. You know, one table is a 1k, another table is a 500, there's a 250, there's a couple hundred dollar tournaments, there's a couple 50 rebuys in there, you know, so it's kind of like you do have to pay attention and, and, um, you know, the, you know, $20 tournaments, uh, or the $50 tournaments with, you know, smaller guarantees or even the hundred dollar tournaments with the, the, the smaller guarantees, especially on a Sunday. Uh, I, I generally just kind of only add them in if I have space, you know, like meaning if I busted, um, anything and I have room on my monitor for something, I'll fill it in, but I'm not pre regging them. I'm always late regging them and I'm only regging them if I absolutely have to. So. Right. Okay, cool. So you're, ke- you're keeping notes on your opponents. And now this is important because I think that a mistake that a lot of players make is they'll realize that their opponents are playing this wild, loose, aggressive shove with any two connected mm-hmm. <laughs> cards, you know, kind of style. And then they'll open up their range so much that they actually end up over over adjusting. So you don't really want to bend too much. I mean, you of course you want to be a much looser calling. If you know this guy is capable of doing this with 9-8, then yeah, you want to open up your range. Like you say, you're happy to call with fives plus and then ace-jack. Okay, that's great. But you don't want to go all the way down to like king-10 because then you're basically just gambling with a gambler. Yeah, like I don't have any info on this person. This is a, uh, this is obviously a new screen name. Uh, I don't play on Poker Stars New Jersey that much, just because there isn't that much going. But like like all the other sites, they've added a bunch of stuff too, so I've been playing more on there. Um, but but yeah, like I don't know this name. I've never seen it before, and so I, I kind of like you know I would just assign a range in my head as as to what I would assume this shoving range would look like. Would that shoving range include eight nine off? No, it would not include eight nine off. However, uh, this is the online poker climate right now. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's pretty exciting stuff. It's almost yeah. like uh, another boom. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I hate to I, I hate to say that this is what it took for it to happen, but you know, I, I, there's been a lot of people on Twitter that have been pretty vocal about pushing for online poker legislation, and you know, at least for the you know getting the states you know merged fully, you know, so that all three sites can be with Nevada, New Jersey, and even Delaware. Uh, you know, I don't know if anything like that would even be able to happen. I, I, um, you know, I'm a sponsored pro with Party Poker uh, US, uh, but I'm not like exactly privy to, you know, all of like the legislative like details and efforts and stuff like that. That's all very, very much, you know, completely different worlds. So, um, and there, and I'm sure there's just so much too that, that, people don't even understand that goes on. I do know it's a very complicated process, you know, um, and it's not as swift as everyone would, would prefer it to be, but, uh, you know, they, they are aware that this is what everybody wants and I'm hoping that they just listen and get it done. You know, 
Well, it just, you know, I have very little faith in the government's ability to do anything swiftly. So, <laughs> so I just remember when Black Friday happened and there were people saying, uh, well, don't worry, we'll be back up on party poker and poker stars and, and by the end of the year. People thought that back then and uh, it still hasn't happened, um, at least not on a national basis. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I guess stranger things have happened, but I would not bet on all of us getting online poker by the time uh, yeah. this virus is gone. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, but that's okay. I mean, it's there's there's still a lot of things that, that people can do, you know, poker-wise. I mean, there's still lots of ways, like if you have time to – uh, if you don't have if you if you don't have an option to play, I mean, there's there's you know, there's unregulated poker, which I, you know, uh, cannot recommend uh, simply because it's unregulated uh, and there's just a lot of uncertainty. And with with that, um, I definitely would just be very careful for anybody to who, you know, decides to put any money on any sites and that, you know, same thing with the apps and everything. It's all. Uh, very emerging market kind of thing. And, sure. and I would just be really, really careful with who you give your money to, uh, which is why it's just generally always a good thing to stick with regulated sites. But even like, um, like I know the world poker tour, they have a free site. Well, it's not free. I think you pay like 20 bucks a month for it, but it's, um, it's free poker, but it's for prizes and like seats into world poker tour events and so forth. Um, so that is, and I think they also have training too. Like that's an option for people who are looking for a safe way to play poker and to learn poker. I would highly, highly recommend that. Um, and then also like, you know, just like, uh, training sites and just hop on YouTube. There's a ton of free content out there that is really great to, to, you know, kill the time. You might as well, like if you're home and you're not working and you're, and you're bored or you are looking for something to do, or you're looking for something new to do, it's a great time to work on your poker game. And, um, you know, whether you watch streams or you watch videos or whatever. Um, and of course my favorite site, tournamentpokeredge.com, So everybody can, uh, obviously get involved and, improve your game even if you're not fortunate enough to be in one of those three special states where they actually allow online poker to be regulated and you can be sure that it's a fair game uh katie anything else you want our listeners to know or anything else you want to say uh no i mean i just um you know i just hope that everybody kind of just stays where they are and stays home and continues to just um you know be safe and and uh, not go out if they don't have to and try to play as much online poker as they can. Yeah, especially <laughs> if you're in New Jersey and you have 9-8, feel free to put in your 22 big blind stack <laughs> and hope for the best. Yeah. All, all those, all those, those, those small pairs, they all do really fantastically three ways, four ways, all in three. Also, <laughs> they do fantastic. So no problem whatsoever with with getting those in those invaluable spots. Absolutely. Well, I'm. Um, I hope that you will continue to uh, manage the variants uh, as well as you can, and uh, basically enjoy the ride because this might not happen again for a long time. Yeah, I'm hoping. I, I am hoping though that like some positive things will come out of this too. I'm hoping that you know like the changes and and just the the traffic. It's kind of showing um, other states kind of what potentially could be, you know, and, and what the numbers possibly could be with 
uh, with if you allowed you know more states to merge and you put a good schedule together and you have some good series and you have some good deposit bonuses and you know, get good structures, you can really build on something like that. So I'm hoping if any, if there's any kind of silver lining out of, out of this, you know, that's what happens. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great note to leave it on. Uh, everybody follow Katie on Twitter at Katie Stone Poker. And Katie, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. It was really great talking to you again. Thank you so much, Clayton. I appreciate it. Stay safe in New York, and I hope to talk to you soon. Absolutely. So for Katie Stone and for everyone here at Tournament Poker Edge, I'm Clayton Fletcher. Thank you all so much for listening. Love nobody. Everybody, everybody knows she can't read.